0: How I've been taught masculinity and being a man has stopped me a lot from understanding the power of vulnerability, the power of introspection, and being this really reflective man.
1: Welcome to Beyond Us, a podcast where we have open, authentic, and honest conversations about everyday things. We're all about moving beyond ourselves and learning about the world through the lens of everyday people. This podcast is produced and recorded on the traditional stolen lands of the Musqueam, Kekite Squamish, tsleil and Quiquitlam First Nations. Hi, I'm Stephanie.
0: And I'm Hussein, and welcome to Beyond Us. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond Us. Today, Stephanie and I will be speaking about a super interesting topic, um, something that I wanted to speak about with this podcast for the last few weeks. And that is masculinity.
1: (laughs) So what about masculinity are we talking about today?
0: Well, over the last few months, I've gone into listening to the Man Enough podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a podcast led by um, a director and actor named Justin Baldoni with a few other co-hosts that, Uh, Invite guests to talk about masculinity, specifically you know how it's harmed themselves, how it's harmed the people around them, Mm -hmm. and what it means to restructure, redefine, and really understand masculinity in today's society.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So that being my bus ride, accompanied for the last few months as I'm traveling to and from UBC, I've become really interested in some of the questions that they asked the people.
1: Yeah.
0: And also some more like nuanced, more specific questions that they haven't really gotten into that I just want to chat about. Yeah. Masculinity is one of those things that like a lot of podcasts talk about it, but it would be really interesting for someone, some people like us to talk from our experiences and pull from um, those thoughts.
1: Yeah. And I think it's like one of those topics that are just, it's, we think that it may just affect men in society or people who identify as men in our society but really the concepts of masculinity and toxic masculinity and patriarchy are impacting Mm -hmm. every single one around us and um, there are definitely a couple episodes of the Man Enough podcast that really sparked me to think a lot about how we see gender and gender roles in our society so um, this is definitely not just an episode for people who identify as being a man Um, there's also a lot of really introspective and um, reflective work listening to these conversations as a woman myself so I think these are really important topics and I guess let's just jump right into it
0: great so excited (laughs)
1: Okay, so the first question is, maybe if you can speak more broadly about your experience about masculinity, and quote, unquote, um, being a man.
0: Mm -hmm. Great question. First of all, I always like to give some positionality and identity to uh, where I'm coming from when I speak about masculinity. So first of all, I come from a um, mixed race background of um, Lebanese or Middle Eastern Side as well as a Filipino um, side, so and my dad being the one from a Middle Eastern Lebanese background, and so masculinity and being a man has always been very rooted in traditionally toxic masculine traits. I'm sure people listening can relate to toxic masculinity or or how it's impacted their childhood in specific. But a lot of what um, I grew up knowing to or what being a man was or what being masculine was, was things like, you know, not crying in public or even private or being able to stand up for yourself, being aggressive. Mm -hmm. Um, In my house, a lot of masculinity and being a man is is growing a beard, which Mm. uh, (laughs) being half Filipino, it does not come naturally. So that's uh, an interesting little twist on what being a man and, and you know masculinity in my house and what I've experienced. Um, and overall, I think masculinity also has limited how vulnerable I can be. So mm-hmm. being a man doesn't mean I can be vulnerable or that I can be honest in how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a man also means that I have to I have to be the sole provider, or my expectation and my responsibilities. And on top of all of that. I think one of the main things of being a provider in the family and being a man is that you should never really take into consideration your own well-being, and it always has to be about um, the collective as a whole uh, in a in a toxic way. And you know, there are ways to look at that in a very positive light as being the supporter. But I think a lot of the experiences that I've had and how I've led, um, or how I've learned being. Uh, masculine or being a man has been a lot of this like toxic pressures and toxic responsibilities that have been quite damaging over the last few years and as I've learned and tried to understand more about how that that impacted me
1: Mm. can we go into that a little bit more how how do you think the notion of masculinity has impacted you on a more deeper emotional mental spiritual level
0: yeah a really that's a really great question I'll speak on like specifically masculinity and vulnerability or mm-hmm. it, at different stages of your life you come across different parts of how masculinity has impacted you mm-hmm. you know we can wind back in terms of thinking about masculinity and how it's impacted you as a child in elementary school mm-hmm. Um, you know experiences of bullying at the playground and not being able to cry or, or or feeling like you need to stand up for yourself or you know if, if someone if you tell your parents that someone pushed you on the playground the expectation is or my expectation is that they would tell me to go fight them back or you know why didn't you stand up for yourself and those kind yeah. of other questions that's how um, you know masculinity has impacted me as a child and um, those kind of things but right now I think what Oh, how I've been taught masculinity and being a man has stopped me a lot from understanding the power of vulnerability, mm. the power of introspection and being this really reflective man. Mm. It's not looked highly upon to think deeply or think critically, um, to be open about mistakes. I remember my dad always would say never put the blame on you like make sure that you aren't the one to blame or that you aren't in mm-hmm. in the wrong that you aren't are never in the wrong and the realities are that sometimes you may be in the wrong you may mm-hmm. have made a mistake
1: mm-hmm.
0: and to realize that for me to be man enough you know we can tie it into the the wording man enough Being able to understand and reflect that you've made a mistake or you've made an error and you can stand up and say, I've made an error. This is how I'm going to do better. Mm -hmm. That is a very, you know, after a lot of reflection and understanding, that is what it means for me to be um, that man enough figure Mm -hmm. rather than someone who avoids the uh, responsibilities or the, the error or the mistakes So that's my one one quick example, if that's what you're asking for.
1: Mm -hmm. Can I just say, though, that I think that, I don't know, I I think that sometimes when you talk about it, it sounds like you struggle a lot with this um, concept. But as someone, as your partner, I think otherwise. Um, I've never felt that you have kind of not wanted to take responsibility for mistakes or things you've always been the one to acknowledge when you might have done something that might not have been the best. Um, And you've always acknowledged very quickly, might I add, Um, it's never, it, it doesn't take a long time for you to acknowledge that and to understand like, you know, how can I continue on and move forward and learn from whatever mistake that it is. And I'm talking oftentimes in the the context of this relationship, but, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that you struggled with that because on the flip side, I've never felt that you really kind of Mm -hmm. had to negotiate that too much. It's always been a trait that I find that you've had since I've met you. Um, And it's interesting that you say that it's something that, kind of really stands out as a point on, on, on your front.
0: That's really interesting. And I can, I can take, I can talk about something there. We've talked about this before and I I don't know if I've spoken about this in the podcast, but this idea that I've split my identity into two pieces Mm. into the one, this is getting quite going in a different direction, but this is very, um, very much what masculinity does to men in households with other toxic men,
1: talk more about that.
0: The, there's there's one version of me that's in my house that's kind of been impacted and influenced by my dad's lessons on toxic masculinity and um, not being open, not being communicative. That is one part of me
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's in the house. That's a little bit different. There's always something you know held back. Mm-hmm. I'm t- more talking about this maybe in my my younger years. I can say
1: yeah.
0: Um, but then there's another part of me that you see that you have seen all of,
1: yeah. which
0: is this more vulnerable and more open, more communicative, able to think critically and reflect very easily in those spaces mm-hmm. with you and pretty much outside of the house. Mm. I've talked about this in therapy and, and this has been something that I'm trying to get over is that, you know there's one side that I experienced with you that I feel very, very happy and fulfilled with. And then there's another side of me at home. Unfortunately, still, you know, even though I'm, I'm kind of easing myself out of it,
1: mm-hmm. I've always
0: felt this squeeze of how I was supposed to act, what I was supposed to say, mm. what, who, what obligations I had in this world changed mm. depending on if I was at home or if I was here. Mm. You know, what I cared for in the world shifted. When I was outside and when I was here, I cared a lot about humanitarian stuff and equity and and um you know conversations on inclusion and and those kind of things. Yeah. Whereas the person at home was was very, very different. Um, yeah. I hope that makes a little bit of sense, but that's kind of an example of of what you've seen. And I I, I can see why you'd be surprised if I held those things yeah. um elsewhere. But it's definitely something that I've thought about. And I I continually think about when I do um, speak with you or it's kind of me fighting my own self when I'm like, I need to be communicative. I need to be vulnerable with the stuff. It's because I know what the opposite of that looks like
1: Mm.
0: in, you know, my dad, unfortunately. Mm
1: -hmm. What do you think drives that distinction between, the outside you and the home you I I, I'm just going to call it those two but like what do you think drives that difference in behavior
0: what drives that is um, external pressure Mm. which is the people that I'm around in specific the person that I am is outside of my house is is kind of led by you and led by friends that know the full me and all of my experiences, um, at home, I'm uh, influenced by my dad
1: mm-hmm.
0: and his expectations and his values and his responsibilities and those kinds of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that I'm always very conscious about whenever we have conversations about like how we are and how we choose to navigate the world, the fact of the matter is that We all have, we all are socialized in a way to pick up on things. And that impacts how we show up, how we navigate the world and how we move around. Um, And our social pressures are oftentimes always uh, a big one are our parents. Like Mm -hmm. you said, your dad influences you immensely. um, Just like how my parents and my family influence me immensely. And A thing that I'm always very conscious about whenever we have these conversations is that sometimes it can seem like we are maybe blaming or placing blame on our parents for the way that we've been socialized into society. And sometimes it's inevitable that there are socializations that are more along the lines that are toxic or things that aren't as good as they could be. But I'm always very conscious not to put all of the blame on our parents, on our social pressures, because there's also a reason as to why they are socialized the way that they are. There's a reason as to why they have chosen to navigate the world in the way that they do. So I'm curious about how you have been able to reconcile that and how you have come to learn or whether you have come to learn about how your your dad more specifically has picked up on notions of mas- masculinity that he has then taught on to you and how we can hold that with a little bit more understanding while acknowledging that this is something that has made it difficult for you to really find a healthy notion of masculinity
0: I mean, as I'm, as I'm reflecting and learning about who I am and what values I hold and what masculinity means to me, I'm also interrogating um, what defines my dad's masculinity and what how he has developed these qualities and traits. You know, the only reason I've, the only way I have been able to do that is to purely learn about his life experiences and lived experiences and what he's been through,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: through that. I can better understand why he thinks that being a man or standing up for yourself or, um, not showing vulnerability is such an important trait, Mm -hmm. you know, for someone that grew up in a civil war, like my dad, um, who came to Canada as an immigrant who had to struggle a lot to support his family and support his loved ones. Um, those traits of, um, not showing vulnerability, but instead showing deep strength, was mm-hmm. really important in those survival situations. A mm-hmm. Reflection and introspection takes a lot of um, energy and a lot of deep thinking that sometimes that takes time.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that time is something that my dad didn't have for a lot of his life
1: mm-hmm. to
0: sit down and think about, about that. hmm so the way I reconcile it is really by number one, you know, trying my best to understand his experiences and how that's impacted his values and what he passes on. And number two, um, you know, identifying what I can take from that and learn from. I I might sound very negative and I might sound very much like I'm blaming him, but um, I hope a lot of people can understand there's complexity there. Mm -hmm. There's nuance there. There's there is a deep love and appreciation for what he's taught me but there's also a recognition of what I can do better and what I can improve on in terms of this conversation
1: yeah right yeah
0: Um, being stable in your emotions is one thing that I've kind of rejigged from what I've learned from him Uh, for example you know being strong but also but being strong in in how you're thinking and controlling your emotions and being able to process them. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm adding what I've known and learned from him to make sure that they're a positive experience and a mm-hmm. positive experience for me and, and for others.
1: hmm Yeah. And I think you raise a good point that is this isn't just something that this is something that we all experience. We all have lessons that we learn from our parents and from the world around us. And sometimes we have to, you know, in order to better ourselves and to Uh, improve on ourselves, we take the lessons that provide us value, and we reject that, we redefine that, and we, we rework whatever those lessons are to really suit our needs in our current day society. And I think that's something that all generations will have to experience. You know, we're in this generation right now, Um, as young people, um, facing very different pressures and facing very different things that our parents experienced. And Mm -hmm. the next generation will also face very different things. And they'll also have to redefine some of these concepts in a way that is best suited for them and that will best serve them in their lives. So I think this is a normal process. Um, but it does take a lot of introspection and a lot of ability to actively reflect on some of these things, because sometimes these things that we were taught has caused us harm, um, but it has also maybe caused other people harm. And those experiences are some of the more difficult ones to really take a step back and be like, whoa, hold on, like what I did there um, is not good. Um, It caused this person harm. And I need to take a step back and redefine that. Right. So I think this is something that it's not just for people who identify as a man, but for all all individuals um, to really be able to process and learn. So speaking about kind of redefining, what do you think are some of the more healthy qualities of or sorry, what do you think are the qualities that define healthy masculinity or maybe a more mindful version of masculinity?
0: Mm-hmm. I think, first of all, you know, the journey of learning what masculinity is to a person is specific to that person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't think there is one definition. I think the definition changes depending on the person, um, where they are in life, what they need, yeah. what experiences that they're living through at the very moment. For right now, where I am in life, which is this young adult lived with his. Um, parents, and is also trying to learn about what value he holds independent of all outside uh, pressures. Mindful masculinity, to me, means the ability to really reflect and think about who you are, regardless of, of those outside things, of those outside pressures, to define exactly what you are who you are, what you value, regardless of past conversations you've had, people you've talked to, mm-hmm. even your parents.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I always feel really happy when I stumble across another man who can have vulnerable, vulnerable conversations.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's kind of like a needle in a haystack nowadays when you can mm-hmm. uh, find someone and and speak to them deeply about a taboo topic or something quite vulnerable and they hold that with a lot of grace and empathy Mm -hmm. those are one of the qualities that I think are really valuable in society in general not just for other men to have with other men but also men with every other person in their community and in their circle Um, those like healing qualities that you rarely see in men honestly is something that we need more of Mm -hmm. um but again also making sure that you can take time to think about first of all how masculinity has impacted you and what societal pressures you've absorbed yeah and then take time to interrogate how that's impacted you and then think about what you can do better um -hmm. there's a lot of unintentional harm that people have done, that men have done, that they don't realize because they've absorbed from society or from other important people in their life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's a journey too, right? Like, like you said, like, it's not like there's, there's continuous reflection and um, continuous
0: reflection. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Introspection to be able to constantly like define and redefine some of those things. I don't think it's like, personally, I think as a human being, it's not that you're going to arrive to a destination where you are. Now you are a healthy version of yourself forever. Oh yeah. That's always going to be changing and there's always going to be new things that come up and new obstacles and challenges that you have to experience and work through. So I think I really think that it's that kind of continuous ability to like make improvements and make changes um, and being very vulnerable about it, because you're right. Some of these things, like you don't really hear a lot of people talking about these sorts of like super vulnerable conversations. Mm-hmm. And in particular, you don't hear a lot of men talking about these very vulnerable things, um, whether or not it's because they've never really had the need or the, 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 the or the desire to like reflect on these things or whether or not they just don't feel comfortable to talk about them more openly or not even openly like also just within your own friend group or your friend circle there's just not as much of an inclination to go Mm -hmm. towards those deeper topics i find Um, but there is so much value in doing so
0: they've never been taught Mm -hmm. That's one huge thing that we forget a lot about is that men from the, when they were young,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, c- coming from a, an uh, an immigrant household, yeah. there are some things that a lot of other immigrant households share. But yeah. a lot of what society has taught us about um, that, the first thing is that nobody, no man or no boy when they're young is told, let's talk this out together. Let's discuss, let's converse let's learn about how to examine and think about and reflect about what you're thinking about
1: yeah
0: and and the reason that a lot of men don't get to do that when they're older is because they've never learned how that feels yeah or how impactful that can be to their uh, overall well-being and you said another thing i want to point out too: this like being honest with yourself Mm -hmm. is huge but also Mm -hmm. like understanding the benefit of being honest to yourself Mm -hmm. mentally the mental load that is taken off when you can be honest about who you are being and what values you hold and how you're treating others is huge
1: Mm
0: -hmm. it's huge the 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 healing that comes from like deeply listening to your actions and how they've impacted others I don't think you have any other option than to change once you've really clearly seen how your actions have impacted others. Yeah. I don't really have a solution for people on on how to get to that place, but I really think honestly for me it's it's engaging. Maybe I do have a solution, but it's it's more of a a society thing, but it's engaging with other men that have that are already there. Mm. Finding I mean, men they, and they push and you. They push you. Finding men that push you. Yeah. That show you All of these qualities, how they're exhibited, and moving in that direction um, to follow their lead in some aspects, but then also go on your own learning journey. um, That will continue. Like you said, that will be a process over and over again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As we wrap up, there are two questions that I've picked up while listening to the Man Enough podcast that I want to ask you. And feel free to share as much as you would like or as you would not like because they're more personal they're more like introspective i guess so the first one that they often ask so shout out to the mad enough podcast for asking these very vulnerable questions and for giving us inspiration but the first one is when was the last time you felt not good enough
0: this morning what happened well this morning as we all know we're living in the middle of a covid pandemic and specifically an omicron outbreak yeah and it looks like my dad has COVID and he's sick in bed. And we have many people in the household that leave the house to work um, and childcare and education and um, other jobs like that. And I was trying really hard to convince all of them to wear KN95, which we have in the house
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um, to protect themselves and to protect others. And to also convince my dad to isolate in his, in his room other than come into the living room and expose other people. And I wasn't successful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, I, I whipped out every health science language. Being a health science undergrad, you're just convinced that you can convince others. And I know how important it is to refute misinformation and show the importance of following public health order and all of that stuff. Yeah, And I just wasn't successful. I, I couldn't convince them to wear ki-95s when they go into work or mm-hmm. I couldn't convince them to for my dad to stay in his room and isolate and that was really frustrating and I felt like I was you know to me I feel like I'm failing society because
1: mm.
0: I wanted I I, need them in my opinion to care for others in, in the world and um, I just didn't feel like I was doing my job
1: yeah yeah that's hard. How do you feel that you handled your frustration? What helped because I, 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 the helped? reason the reason why I ask is because I think that this is these feelings of frustration and anger and um, annoyance sometimes is something that is really common, but something that I think every person um, reacts to in very different ways. So I want to know how you reacted to your frustration.
0: Um, this may not be the same for everyone, but I had my like reflection on Google drive out and open from the day before. And I, before I was messaging you, Stephanie, about all of this, I like quickly whipped out uh, a new page and was like writing out how I was feeling. I was like, Mm -hmm. um, using very impactful words to me, you know, what am I? I'm frustrated. I have no empathy. I am tired. I, whatever abstract out of this world feeling that I had, you know, I want to move out. I wrote it down and I saw it on, um, in this, in this specific one, you know, a, um, a Word document and I identified with those feelings and I saw them in writing and I, and I was able to put them somewhere yeah. that wasn't a scream or a yell. Yeah, and you know i still you know exited the word document quite sad but um that was like my first step and yeah. step two for for me specifically was was messaging you and um yeah. telling you about how i felt and, and again vocalizing or writing out exactly how i was feeling so i jumped yeah. on a call with you i wrote it down on a word document i tried my best um to not get frustrated yeah over the course, if there's anything I learned about this pandemic and teaching people about health information, is that yelling at them or being condescending to them about this kind of stuff goes nowhere,
1: mm-hmm.
0: literally nowhere, mm-hmm. um, regardless of how much you know. Even if you have an undergrad degree in health sciences, it's not a convincing mm-hmm. thing to tell someone put on this uncomfortable mask. Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how I've taken it in terms of a healthy way
1: yeah to
0: voice it to vocalize it to write it down to see it with your own eyes to find vocabulary that you identify with in terms of how you're feeling in that moment has been quite healing I'm still mad still frustrated and quite angry do you think that um, there's
1: anything that you did that was maybe dealing with it in an unhealthy way dealing with those emotions in an unhealthy way
0: I usually identify, like, whenever I, th- I feel non-empathetic or I have some apathy, I always feel like that's qu- quite negative to mm-hmm. feel apathy. Like, I don't feel like I should, anyone should ever feel apathy towards a situation, although I know apathy sometimes is a protective mm-hmm. m- measure for people mm-hmm. when they're in tense and um, upsetting situations. However, I felt very apathetic in that situation. Like, you know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. whatever, what happens, happens kind of thing. That was uh, an interesting r- realization that I don't think was the most healthy. But I also know that there is a reason why I was feeling that. Um, I don't have a great answer to that because I was quite apathetic to my v- family when they said they weren't going to wear a K KN95 or a 95 um, And they could visually see that I was very upset. And I also think that, there's, that there is a reason why Mm-hmm. Uh, I showed them that I was upset and disappointed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, however, that would have been shown in a very condescending voice and a very aggressive stance on my part. So um, thankfully, you know, I've, I've slowly learned to not use those condescending words and voices and um, not really yelling. I'm not much of a yeller, but I am quite condescending when I want to be. And that is something that I've slowly phased out to not build bridges or sorry, to not break bridges Mm -hmm. when speaking about these more complex issues like COVID and Mm -hmm. being safe at work and that kind of stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But see, it's the thing is that you've the important part for me is that you've identified that that is something that you felt and you recognize that and you understand where it's coming from and only from then will or only from there will you be able to learn how to navigate that and then be better at responding in that initial moment um, for the next time but also like kind of persistently um, mm-hmm. but a lot of the times People don't identify those emotions and don't identify how, where that frustration is coming from and that anger is coming from, and it's just kind of left, boiled inside Mm -hmm. um, with nowhere left to go, um, making it very difficult to be better at engaging in those situations. So I think even just recognizing that that is something that you felt um, is valid and very, very important. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the last question that they often ask on the podcast. You are. um, Being interrogated. (laughs) Is um, when was the last time you cried?
0: Actually, a long time. Not like, not recently, which is strange.
1: What do you mean that's strange?
0: Because I I would, I cried quite a lot. um, Maybe like two months ago, three months ago.
1: Oh. I thought you meant like, I don't know what I thought you meant. I thought you were like, oh, like I haven't, to me, like two, three months ago is pretty recent. Really? Yeah.
0: You should cry more. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, Was it, are you asking me when was the last time and why? Yeah. Okay. Um, The last time I cried was probably after one of my most recent conversations with my dad about this relationship um, and being like just done with the world and like frustrated in the highest regard and being really sad, being very mm-hmm. like coming to a lot of realizations about my relationship with my dad, that were very upsetting to me. And um. Yeah, it was, um, but I will say that after I cry, which is usually like a frustrated cry, I do feel maybe not better, but I feel something and I feel relief. Um, so yeah, that was the last time.
1: Thank you for sharing.
0: Thank you for listening.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think crying is one of those. I, See, I, I do think that the last time I cried was probably more recently than you did. But I guess because sometimes I just cry out of, like, frustration. And, like, just like Which a is, release yep, very of common. emotion and a mm-hmm. release of whatever it is that I'm feeling. Um, you know, it's not really – sometimes your my emotions get the best of me. And, like, I get really overwhelmed by s- things all at once
0: emotions getting the best of you is not something to be upset about though
1: no 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 no. it's, it's not upsetting to me it's just that it it is what it is I yep. sometimes I do just get really overwhelmed with how I feel and it's in those situations where I just need to release and like I don't really need anything I don't really need anyone to say anything or mm-hmm, anything mm-hmm. to be fixed i just need to let that emotion out totally. um and sometimes it's by crying mm-hmm. um and that's totally okay i am curious though when you cry mm-hmm. what do you, you
0: oh, specific okay that's
1: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> um what do you need to feel supported and before you answer, I will give you a bit of a preamble. As much as men, boys and men are socialized in this world to not cry. I think there are also a lot of women who are also socialized to not cry, yeah, but also very true um, to know that men don't cry. They're also women are also socialized that men don't cry. We're mm. all the same. We're all the same human beings. We've all be- lived in
0: the same society. Yeah. yeah.
1: We all get the same messages from the things around us. So I will be honest with you. I've only seen you cry a handful of times. I, I-, I say more recently, I-, I think I get really nervous when you cry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to, how to be, Mm -hmm, Um, and that is partially because I've been socialized that men don't cry and it's not in a bad way like I totally support your crying and that release of emotion but it's because I haven't been socialized or learned through society as to how do I hold space for boys and men who cry Um,
0: can you answer that question for yourself what do you need in those moments
1: what do I need
0: I would argue that it's the same thing that you need is what I need. Mm. It's no different. Mm. Think about for listeners, think about what you need mm. when you're crying and what yeah. you want in that moment when you're crying. Is it to be heard? Is it silence? Is it a tissue? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Is it a glass of water? Yeah. Um, and it's no different for the men in your life or the people in your life.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, think about what you need and just replicate that. Yeah. I'll tell you for me, it's different for everyone, it's specific, a specific little bit, but, but, um, you know, each person has a little thing. Yeah. For me, like, I need water. I need water, <laughs> I need water. <laughs> like, to stop myself from, from crying, actually, to like recover. Yeah. Kind of, in my opinion, yeah. from what I was seen. If you really want to practice crying, like start therapy because that's a great place <laughs> to activate the tear ducts and stuff like that. But um, just think about what you need in that moment. If you were you didn't one, answer
1: the question, what is it that you need? I water. can tell you what I need. Little bottle need? of water. You just need water.
0: I don't need. I uh, like you. Like you, you were mentioning a lot of my cries are frustrated cries yeah and there are cries because I can't find an answer,
1: yeah,
0: and that's for a lot of people i I can assume yeah, so there's nothing really I need anyone to say because I know what they're going to say won't very be very comforting yeah. unless it's a clear answer, which I yeah. know they don't have yeah, and so what I need is just a little bit of silence,
1: yeah,
0: a little bit of just being understand my frustration this is me showing you my frustration yeah. and being being and telling you that I'm very frustrated and I'm very lost
1: I'm the same way <laughs> yeah I I need oh, I'm the same way minus the water I don't really care about the water you don't I care about need, water no interesting no I I'm okay without water um
0: dehydrate yourself
1: <laughs> I no, I, need I need tissue because when you cry, you get, like, snotty. Uh, so you got to, like, blow your nose and stuff. So tissue. And I also hate having, like, water on my face. So got to wipe that off. But, like, more of the, the soul stuff is, like, I just need silence. I just need to be, like, held in that mm-hmm. space uh, and just be silent together. And, like, once that that emotion gets, like, released, then we can have a conversation about it. But like, there's no point in trying to talk to me when I'm having a moment and letting that emotion go because it's not, it's not helpful in any way. Yeah, Yeah, crying is very much a release. And it's just about giving that space to get like, having that space to release. But Mm -hmm. I love how you said, you know, reflect on what I need, on what we all need. And it's probably very similar for everyone in our lives, whether or not they're a man, a woman, non-binary, you know, like we're all humans at the end of the day.
0: There's also another, it's not a good, I mean, sorry, it's um, probably a good idea to also ask if you can. Um, Yes. I was just going to say, you were mentioning, you know, you like to be held. I don't like to be held. Oh, yeah yeah when I, if it, like I said, if I'm in a frustrated cry um I don't like to be held
1: do you like space like do you want someone I, to I, stand there with you
0: yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like I need like
1: like a foot away
0: like a foot like not nothing more I'm not telling you to just, like leave the area I want you there to witness, yeah, because I've accepted that you're there and i'm and I'm crying and I, you know that kind of stuff, but I being held isn't something I need in that specific moment maybe after yeah but in the moment yeah um it's not what I need I don't know how to explain it other than that's kind of what I've identified
1: yeah
0: doesn't bring me comfort yeah but it's good to know I'm gonna write this down
1: (laughs) well see that's the thing is I I like also that you said just ask ask the people in your life what they need and I think that that also I mean it's it's what it's the recipe for success, right? You, mm-hmm. We can't yeah. read each other's minds on these things. Like everyone's different, like you said. So just ask, just ask the people how to hold space for them, how to, what they need in those situations and just respond based off of what they they need. Cause everyone's a little different in that regard, right?
0: Exactly. Are you done with the interrogation now?
1: I am done with the interrogation. Thank you for being vulnerable about those questions. Those are not part of our planned questions. So they were a little bit sprung on you, which I like because that that forces you to be like truly authentic and truly vulnerable about those experiences.
0: Truly really authentic is the only way I roll. So you're lucky on that one. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up this quick episode i feel on masculinity i don't think it was quick was it not quick
1: i think we're at like 40 minutes we'll see what ends up happening but yeah thank you for holding space for this conversation and for for encouraging us to do this topic
0: can i also mention that we've been receiving some really great fan mail or fan emails
1: and messages from
0: people that have um, really warmed our hearts. And um, if you want to continue warming our hearts, feel free to message us. Um, (laughs) Our info is at that um, podcast description at the bottom somewhere, you know where to go.
1: Just want to say thank you to folks who have listened and have sent us messages of support and um, joy and like, have felt seen because of the episodes that we've put out um so yeah thank you for sending that
0: that wraps up our episode on masculinity thank you again for tuning in and listening um we're really looking forward to the next few episodes hopefully we can have some guests on and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day see you later bye thanks for joining beyond us Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. See you next time.